What up? What up? This is Chris. This is Rob. Wait, wait, wait. I'm Chris. <laughs> That's Rob. I hope you enjoy our show. Have a great time. What up? Welcome to What Up with Rob and Chris is not here at the moment. He had to run off, but um, I have a very special guest that tonight, which is uh, Sarah Lopez. Uh, sometimes she goes as uh, Sassy Lopez, Sasa oh, Lopez, Sa- Savvy Sasa, Savvy Sasa. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and um, you know, <clears throat> having her on the the show is a big deal for me because uh, we've met in the past and we have a mutual friend named Kim McNicholas who um, had uh, Sarah come on and was interviewed at a, a very empowering women um, event. And my daughter, who was very young at the time, maybe like 10 or something like that, oh. 17 now, um, was invited to be a part of that as well. and got to interview Sarah a little bit and some other people as a little 10-year-old. And, um, but Sarah's story um, is amazing that you're going to be able to hear here. But also her, her quote at the end is something that we... Um, I've, I've become, I, from that moment, I began to live by, and so has my daughter. Wow. Sarah, you, I've told you this a couple of times in over the years, but I don't think you really understand how much that quote really, um, resonated and actually became a big, big part of me and my family's lives. (laughs) That means a lot to me. (laughs) So, uh, Sarah is, are you still doing, um, Miss America pageant? I'm not. So I actually, I aged out when I was uh, the tender age of 24. And then I was a director for the Miss Napa County Scholarship Program until 2018, I believe. And then, yeah. And then at that point, my husband actually decided to go to culinary school. He was working in the finance field and he decided to, um, to quit his job and go back to school. So we wanted to be able to put all of our focus on, I was focusing completely on my career and he was focusing completely on school. So, um, so I'm no longer uh, an active director. However, I do still participate as a volunteer uh, and I also help judge, you know, randomly over the years. Oh my goodness. Back to your story. Obviously you, you were part of the Miss America pageants and I know you got into marketing with uh, Six Flags, I believe. Uh, so I work for Six Flags as an announcer. So I, I announce all of their shows. Um, so I announce their sea lion, wildlife, uh, and dolphin shows. Okay. And then um, you're, let's go right into your story because, um, you know, we want to get that out. We want to understand. And I think that's the inspiration about, you know, what you went through and then how it became such an inspirational, positive side of things. Um, you grew up in a very religious family. Uh, a little bit. It was, it was kind of an, so I grew up in a little bit of a different background. And first of all, Rob, I'm so flattered to be on your show. Thank you so much for inviting me and, you know, taking the time out to, uh, to have me be a part of this podcast. I'm, I'm thrilled. Oh my gosh, so I my, my background is a little bit different. So I grew up in a childhood that was, um, you know, unlike most children, uh, my dad actually was a drug dealer when I was a child, when I was really little. And he ended up turning his life around, which was fantastic. And he ended up becoming a Sunday school teacher. Um, He became a foster parent. So I had, uh, I think about 12 foster brothers and sisters, um, you know, when I was a a child, Um, but he didn't believe in the education system. So when it came to us being a part of the K-12 system, I was in kindergarten for only a few months. 
and he ended up pulling us out because uh, me and my older brother were bullied, but also because he he was somebody who dropped out at of school at the age of 13, and he just, you know, he thought, you know, I can homeschool my children. I don't necessarily need them to go to school. Yeah. And so we were homeschooled for a little while. I have two brothers. I have an older brother named Jeff and a younger brother named Richard. So at that time, Jeff, um, my older brother, and I were both pulled out of elementary school, but my little brother didn't attend elementary school. Mm. And so it, it was good being homeschooled for a little while, but my dad always had the very strong belief that you had children to work for you. That was the purpose of, of a child. And so when I was seven years old, I started selling uh, the Press Democrat newspaper door to door in Santa Rosa. I worked with a crew of teenagers that my dad had hired. So we would go to every house on the block and try to sell the Press Democrat. And I really liked it. Actually, as a child, I thought it was really neat to be around all of these teenagers, um, although I was just making money for my family. Well, we were involved in church, so I did grow up in a somewhat religious household. Um, part of my dad turning his life around was getting involved in, in church. Sure. So we started attending um, the Christian Missionary Alliance in Santa Rosa, right. and we um, you know, gained a great sense of community from, from that particular church. But um, my family, we, we were friends with another family, and my older brother was best friends with a little kid named Aaron, and they were about the same age. And Aaron was this really outgoing kid from our church, and he would come to our house every day. And his brothers and sisters, it's almost like we adopted a whole other family because they were always at our house. And one day Aaron came home, came to our house, I say to his home, um, came to our house, and he showed my dad $48. And he said, Jeff, because my dad's name is Jeff. He said, Jeff, I just made $48. And my dad said, well, how'd you do that? And he said, well, the church gave me this box of seized candy bars and there's 24 bars in a box. And they told me to sell them for $1. And I decided to sell them for two. He oh. said, so I made $24 profit. And he said, I'm going to give the other half to the church. And my dad had this light bulb go off in his oh. head and he thought, oh, this is a great way to make some money. So we actually tested it in Sonoma County, um, starting in Santa Rosa. And we had a few of us stand out in front of grocery stores and those, those candy bars would fly out of our boxes. I mean, people would purchase them. So from there, my dad um, got the wild idea to purchase a 36-foot bounder motorhome. Uh, we moved into this motorhome. It was me, my older brother, Jeffrey, my younger brother, Richie, and Aaron's family. So um, Aaron had three brothers and sisters that moved with us. So there was four of them. So four of them, three of us. Uh, Aaron's mom and my dad, we all moved into this motorhome. My mom did not agree with this. So she ended up staying in Santa Rosa, continuing to work for the company that she was working for. And we started uh, traveling all over the state of California, selling candy bars in front of grocery stores. Uh, and we did not go to school. And what we learned, uh, actually, and just to back up a little bit, my parents ended up losing their foster parenting license. Uh, it was not due to, you know, hurting the children or anything like that. It was no. actually because we had, um, there was one time where we had six foster kids in our house. And then we also had an exchange student from, I think, either Colombia or Japan. And that was against the contract that we had. We weren't allowed to have an extra person in the house. So they ended up pulling all of the, the kids out of our house. They lost their foster parenting license. So this further um, motivated my dad to pursue this other idea that he had. And we ended up moving to, uh, I moved, I think about 27 times before I was 11. And we would stay in a city 
uh, for, you know, as much as a week to up to like two months. And we would map out all of the grocery stores. My dad would stick us out in front of the stores, you know, two, 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 and then one person would be by themselves. And we would be out there for up to 10 hours a day. Uh, and we would make over a thousand dollars a day doing this. So it was, it was a moneymaker, um, but we were lying to people. So social media didn't exist. So nobody could follow up with what we were doing, but we would all meet as a team in the morning and we would say, what are we selling for? And we'd say, okay, we're selling for XYZ school. We'd make up the school name. We'd make up what we're selling for. So we'd say, we're selling for a trip to Washington, DC. Um, and our school is located in this general area. And we'd pick like a very large road to refer to if people asked. Um, and because you didn't have Google, it was much easier to, to lie and people weren't going to follow up with what you were telling them. Um, so we did that for uh, quite a while and uh, I didn't attend school during this entire time. I wasn't allowed to make friends because we didn't want people to know the lifestyle that we were living. Uh, and it wasn't until I was 11 years old, my mom eventually ended up quitting her job and moving in with us in the motor home. Uh, eventually, Aaron's family ended up dropping off and they um, ended up staying in Sacramento and, and didn't sell candy with us anymore. Um, but when we were living in Los Angeles, uh, Aaron, actually my brother's friend who helped my dad come up with this idea, my parents ended up kind of adopting him. Um, so Aaron stayed back with us along with um, my older brother, Jeffrey, my younger brother, Richie. So there's four of us selling candy. And my mom finally said, you know, my kids have never gone to school. Um, you know, they don't have an education. I don't see a future for them in continuing to sell candy bars. And at that point, she decided to get divorced. Uh, and I believe this was in like 1999. Uh, and we moved all the way up to St. Helena with my grandparents. And that was the first time I went to school in the seventh grade. Man, that is, that is a lot, right? Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I came out normal, so it's all good. No, and you came out better than normal. You've Thanks. been such an inspiration, you know, you, you've done a lot for a lot of girls who um, have gone in and, and done a lot of things that they were passionate about. And then mm -hmm. you've helped inspire them by being a part of the, the Miss America program and then helping them really polish who they were and what they wanted to be. And, and you just let them thrive. So that's a big part of it as well. Now, I want to get to the quote mm -hmm. because um, should I say it or should you? Because it's oh, so you can powerful. say it. Oh yeah, you could. You're when you. I've been holding me, back. <laughs> I when I had to remember. Um, yeah, you're, if you could share it, that would be great. It would help me remember. So this quote was, and I hope it was you. No, I know it was you. <laughs> um, the quote is: um, "The door in front of you is unlocked. You just have to open it." You know that, right? I do remember that. Yes, there's a, a story associated with that. There's uh, a story and it's quote. really, it's quite a big, powerful one. And I think that's a, where a lot changed for me as well. And even in my daughter. So could, could yeah. you tell us a little about that? Oh, thanks, Rob. I mean, it means so much to me that, um, that that's made an impact on you. I know for me, it was when I had that realization, it made a big difference in my life. So when my parents divorced uh, from divorce and we ended up moving to St. Helena, my dad ended up moving with Aaron because he actually kept Aaron. He moved to Tijuana, Mexico. And during that divorce, my dad was granted custody of us during the summers. And so during that first summer, I had to fly to Mexico to see my dad. And um, right when I got there, I remember 
my, I remember coming into my dad's house and the first day was amazing. He owned this beautiful house, two stories. I had my own room. I came in and I mean, this was, I mean, I'm used to like sleeping on a dashboard because um, in the motorhome there was nowhere for us to sleep. So I actually slept on the, the dashboard of that motorhome. And uh, I shared clothes with my brothers because I didn't even have enough room to have my own clothes. And I remember walking into this house going, oh my gosh, you made my own bedroom. Like this is gonna be the most amazing summer. I cannot believe this. And so the first day was a dream. My dad had a, uh, had a maid, a housekeeper which we'd never had before. Um, that was, you know, I came from a very low income family. That's not something we could ever afford. So there was a lot of really surprising things that happened and it gave me a lot of hope for the future. Um, but the very next day, my dad asked me for my opinion for the very first time. Now, my dad believes that women should not have an opinion. He believes that women are meant to be seen and not heard. Um, and that their only role in life is to have children and um, to listen to their husbands. So that's kind of the, the philosophy that I was raised with um, by my father. And so when he asked me for my opinion on anything, I was like, whoa, this is new. So he says, Sarah, he goes, I really want to know, what do you think of the life that we used to live? Um, and this was not too far, too, too long before uh, had we been living in a motorhome and, you know, not going to school. And so I went, oh my gosh, this is my one opportunity to tell my dad exactly what I think. And so I remember my palms were sweaty. I was shaking. I was so nervous, but I told him, I said, I would never put my children through what you put us through. Now that was the wrong answer. Ah. I should not have said that. Um, and what my dad ended up doing is he, his, his face went from being curious and uh, empathetic and wanting to know how I felt to being full of rage. Uh, and he ended up grabbing my arm and he took me all the way upstairs and he shoved me into a bathroom. And he told me I was going to eat and sleep in that bathroom um, because his child would have never said that to him. Yeah. And unfortunately, my older brother, Jeff, he agreed with me and he said, well, I, I don't like it either. I wouldn't have done that. And so he went in the bathroom with me as well. And then he went to my little brother. And my little brother said, oh, no, dad, what we did was great. So that was the right answer. Right. Um, good answer. <laughs> good answer. He, he learned on the third try. Um, but we ended up eating and sleeping there for a couple nights, maybe a few nights. It, it was so, I was in eighth grade, so it was so long ago that I can barely remember. But I remember counting tiles in that bathroom. I remember thinking like, what has become of my life? I couldn't get a hold of a phone, so I couldn't call my mom. Um, you know, I was just, it, it was just fear that kept us in there. And he actually made us eat in there. He fed us, he threw blankets at us, and he said, this is where you're gonna stay. So it's almost like I was trapped in a prison um, and I was unable to get out. And I remember um, he had to let us out of that bathroom. He actually let us out a couple of times just to yell at us. <laughs> and then he would put us back in there. Um, and I remember his housekeeper was coming a few days later. So he had to let us out because he couldn't let her see that. So she came to the house. I, I, I realized she was there. He let us out and I ran over to her and I said, hey, you know, I need a phone. And she only spoke Spanish and I only spoke English. And, but she knew that I needed a phone. I said, I need to call my mom. Can you distract my dad? And I ended up calling my mom saying, I can't tell you what happened. I just need you to get me out of here. And so my mom bought me a plane ticket home. My older brother decided to stay. He didn't, he didn't want to leave. He felt guilty. Um, but I ended up getting a plane flight home. I think at the next day or a few days later, really, really soon, right at, soon after that had happened. And I remember being on the plane in San Diego and heading back home to, to uh, California. 
or heading back home to Northern California. And I remember thinking to myself, the entire time I was in that bathroom, that door was never locked. He never, he didn't put a chair up against the door. You know, he didn't, uh, he, he didn't, there was no, there was nothing really holding me back from leaving that room except for the fear that I had. And it was from that moment on that I realized that the door to everything I've ever wanted is unlocked. And all I needed to do was open it. And in that case, that's all I needed to do. I could have walked out at any moment and grabbed a phone and called my mom. And I didn't, I didn't do that for myself. And so it was from that moment on that it kind of changed my whole life. That, that thought changed my perspective on everything. And uh, when I went back to school, I remember I was like, you know what, I'm not going to be afraid of anything. Like, I can't continue to let fear hold me back. That's what I've done my whole life. Um, that's what I've been conditioned to, to do is to allow fear to hold me back. But I'm, I'm, you know what, I'm no longer going to do that. So it, it was really a, a pivotal moment in my life where I realized that I'm in control of everything. And that's kind of how I've uh, been able to um, live every day after that. And I took the same thing, you know. Um, so I have a little thing that everybody kind of knows about me is that I'm, I'm always taking opportunities Right, I I um, I've got my own little thing that I've created, and it's it, you know if you don't ask, the answer is no. Oh, it's true. <laughs> right, and so I started to learn how to ask for the strangest things in the world, and some of them being I've flown on corporate jets just because I asked. Wow. Or walked into a Raiders game just because I asked. Just little things that I people that so. And it came into this show, you know, that I had this passion um, that Kim McNicholas bred into me. And also I wanted to breed into my, my daughter, her belief of what we heard from you was that these opportunities are in front of you. These doors are unlocked. You just have to open them and go through them. That's all you have to do. The only thing stopping you is fear. And so I learned how to take that a whole nother step by corporate jets and all these interesting things. And um, it also opened up my personality because I was always a very shy kid. Wow. Yeah, people go, no, you gotta be kidding. What? And now people say, I walk into a room of 200 people and I'm invited to all the weddings that are gonna happen there and I'm officiating half of them. So, <laughs> right? Because that's just my personality that <laughs> And a lot of that actually came from that day when I met you. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. That's- so flat you have no idea that's that's so <laughs> flattering to hear and i share that with a lot of people and this show had you know this is all under the pandemic and i got bored and but i had the passion that i wanted to do this anyways but because of it i interviewed you know dennis seaton from musical youth who was a runner-up grammy just because i asked wow you know you do pass the duty upon the left hand side kind of thing you know mm-hmm. just because i asked and a and an actress who was uh, she was a lead in uh, her own movie, Ellie, and she was in European Vacation, and she was in Big Brother 9, and just because I asked. Wow. And I constantly show that, and I also show that to my kids, that sometimes all you got to do is speak up for yourself to, to ask. And this is why this was such an important interview for me, is because a lot of what I believe in was built upon that day that I met you. Oh, wow. It changed a lot of me at the same time. And it also, I want to instill not only my daughters, but my friends 
get that as well now too. And they've began to live a lot of those things. So it's people that are part of the show and that they are starting to ask and see that they can get um, some of the things that they wanted that they couldn't because they're opening doors. Mm-hmm. You know, our yeah. producer who's in school and, and, and asking to do things and the amazing things that she can do and her first media pass and these exciting things that she's able to do. Um, I was able to get NASCAR media passes because I was able to ask, you know, and I'm in there and I'm taking pictures on the track and who, who people don't normally get to do those things. Mm-hmm. So I'm sharing that of my personality and what I've done to you because it's just, I wanted to give back what you gave to me that you may not have known at that day. I had no idea. Or to this <laughs> I day did now. not know that. Um, so it's a very personal thing for me as well. But I also, because of this show, want other people to watch this show and get the same feeling and the same understanding of what you said. And it was such an interesting, it was such a moment of your life. I had a lot of pain mm-hmm. associated to it, right? And that you were going home and realized, wait a second, I could have done something for myself. And like you just said, you grew from that. And that moment to you was life-changing. Mm-hmm. And so we're back to what we're trying to tell everybody in this show with what we're talking about. The door in front of you is unlocked. You just have to open it. Don't be afraid. Fear fear is is the thing that's stopping you. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, it's okay to fail at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, mistakes are great. (laughs) It's the building block. It's not falling like people Mm -hmm. think. It's a step up to the next great thing. And um, so, I don't know, I could sit here and gush over you all the time because, (laughs) (laughs) and I met your husband, your husband's such a wonderful man. You've done such a great job in your life. And I just care about you dearly. And I just thank you for coming on and sharing that with us. Oh, of course. Thank you so much, Rob. And I mean, that's so, it was so neat when you reached out to me. I just couldn't wait. And then, um, you know, I'm I'm so, I just liked your Facebook page today and I will be <laughs> listening to all of the other interviews. And and I'm, I'm so glad that uh, a piece of my story could help anyone, um, yeah. you know, live their life. Cause I know, uh, and I had no idea. So that's really, it's, it means so much to me to hear that. And, yeah. Um, and I love that I've been able to give that and pass that on. Yeah. Um, and hopefully this is passing it even more. And I also encourage you, don't, you, you may not realize what it does, has done for other people until like maybe now, you know? Yeah, um, until keep, now. <laughs> well, and keep sharing that because yeah. it's um, one of the most powerful moments in, uh, in quotes that I've ever heard. Oh, I'm in stories. So, um, and people can really change a lot in their life just by, by, you know, taking that story to heart. Thank you so much, Rob. I really yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I love you. I hope to see you soon. Most and, definitely. And all this going on, but we need to get together. We're not that far away from oh, each other. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, My best friend lives in Sacramento, and that's not that far from you. Absolutely. I'm really close <laughs> yeah. by. So great. Well, we have to plan again. it. Thank yes. you. Thanks for having me. Love you so much. And I you can't too. wait to see you. All right. Bye-bye. Awesome. Bye.